Thank you, Gail. Man, isn't that a great story? Great, I mean, and not just a story, but a wonderful person who is evidence of God being a God of healing and God being a God of health. And that's what we're going to be continuing to look at this morning. And I think this is a topic that is so important. When you, as you read the scripture, you see the theme of God being the God of healing and health over and over and over again. And, you know, you know what it's like when you've been sick and, you know, maybe after a week or so, and then there's that day when you, you start to feel better. It's like, oh man, that feels so good, right? Like there's, the, to, to, to have health is such a good thing. And when you've not had it, it's just so tangible and so good. And so it's, it's so important, but it's also so difficult, right? And it's so, it's a complex topic. And we even, I like, I appreciate Gail's story because there were aspects of the miraculous. There were, you know, the moments like when the cancer just started eating itself. Like there's, there's no human explanation for that. There are people praying and God intervened, God speaking along the way. But then there's also times where, you know, it wasn't overnight and God using human understanding and medical advances to bring healing. And these are all the means that God has given us and is developing to, to further health. Um, most of you know that even in my own family, this is very near and dear to us, my, my wife got cancer and didn't have the same result. She, she unfortunately passed away after a very in, intense battle. And I've got two daughters with intense health issues and seeing God work in that process. But it's something that I have... Um, you know, it's become more important to me over the last few years. But I just, more than ever, am convinced that God is a God of health and healing. And it's something for us to, to lean into. And the more we take God's word and understand it and apply it, the more we're going to experience his desire to bring this about. So um, I think it's appropriate. This is part of our conversion story series because... There is, we're not just, there is, you know, natural means at work that God has put in our bodies and put in the world that are good, but God is about bringing conversion to all of creation. And last week, Jesse talked about that being our, our spirits and being born again when we come to know God and how a, a miracle happens on the inside. And when we're looking at health, there is, there are natural processes, but there's also just God's grace coming in things that we cannot do to convert our bodies from one way to another. And so we, we want to look at that. And so uh, I want to start off just by, oh, I just want to say this too. I think it's good that the kids are in the room, um, even though the parents may be like, man, this is hard. How long are you going to talk? I, how's this going to go? But I appreciate you all being here. Go, Aubrey. you got two girls on your lap. That's awesome. <laughs> and Aubrey right there. She thought she had a day off from kid space, but here, here she is. Um, but there is there's such a battle for people's health, and there is I, and there's battle for kids and the next generation, and in many different facets. And so we are, as we lean into God's will and His Word, we are really contending for God's purpose for our lives and for the next generation, in in every area, including our health. So you know there there's a lot of stuff in our even in America today. It's interesting and important to realize that there are a lot of places where the health markers are going the wrong direction. There are a lot of places where things are not, you know, things had gotten better for a long time with health and life expectancy. But if we look at the last 
40, 50 years, there are a lot of things that are going the wrong direction. We've got more asthma, we've got more diabetes, we've got food allergies that weren't really very common, we've got autism that has just really come out of nowhere from a couple generations ago and is you know, now affecting a lot of people. There are a lot of things, life expectancy is actually going down in America. There, there's, things are not where, you know, there are things we, we should care. This is something God cares about and we should care about. And so the, the truth that Jesus is a healer is so important. And so I just want to start off. Basically, we're going we're gonna to intro looking at what the Bible says about Jesus being a healer. And then we're going to look at 10 hindrances to healing and health. All right, so that's a lot. And there are more. But we're going to kind of quickly go through, man, what are some hindrances to us experiencing and others experiencing the healing and health that God intends for us? Um, so, and then we're going to have a chance also, if you, even, if you want prayer today, um, we're going to have a chance for you to get prayer for physical, physical stuff or emotional stuff. So before we go on, let's just pray together. And um, so ask God to help us to get what he wants us to get. Lord, there's just, there's such a battle for this. And we, we, need, we need you, Lord. We need you as a healer. And I, I just pray today, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you illuminate your word? I pray that each person here would hear you today, that there would be, there would be something or more than, you know, at least one thing or more than that that really you penetrate our hearts with and you bring understanding and you lead us into more of your good desire for our lives. Holy Spirit, would you illuminate your word and would you help us to, to come into what you have for us? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Jesus is a healer. God is a healer. Psalm 103, starting in verse 2, the psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. There are a lot of benefits of God being our Lord. What are some of those? Who forgives all your iniquity or all your sins. Do you guys believe that? Does God, believe all our, does God forgive all our iniquity? What percent of our iniquity does he forgive? 100%. All of it. Yeah, so awesome. He forgives all our iniquity. Who heals some of your diseases. No, actually, he doesn't say that. Who heals all your diseases. Wow, do you believe that? What percent does it say that he heals? He heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Man, God is a God. When he is our Lord, there's a benefit of that, of our sins being forgiven, of him bringing life to every aspect of our life including our physical bodies, of healing our diseases, redeeming our life from the pit, renewing our youth. Man, the older I get, the more I, I think that's a good promise. Like, man, I, I can use some of that. That's what God is. And it's interesting, when Jesus showed up, if you look at what Jesus did when he was on earth, so much of his ministry, he had this message. His message was, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God has come near. And it's come because the king is here. He was, he was the king. He was the Messiah. And with him, he was bringing his kingdom close to the human experience, close to the world. And he said, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And if the more you understand the kingdom of God, you realize that it has, it's, it, it's now and not yet. 
The kingdom of God has come in Jesus, but it's also coming throughout history, and it will ultimately be established when Jesus returns, when he comes the second time. But the kingdom is here. It's come near. And one of the greatest evidences of the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God coming close, was that he went around healing the sick. He went around doing miracles and seeing people who were sick and with diseases and various ailments and infirmities were restored when they encountered him. We read in, in Matthew 15, just there are so many ex- examples in the Gospels, the accounts of Jesus' life. But in Matthew 15, verse 30, we read, Great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet, and he healed them. So that the crowd wondered when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. I mean, imagine being in that crowd. And all you've got people that were crippled, and Jesus, they encountered Jesus, and they're walking now and probably running in circles and just dancing and celebrating, so excited. People with blind eyes that could see. People that couldn't speak, but their mouths were opened, and they could speak. Jesus, and Jesus is still doing that. I met a guy who was mute. He lived about 25 or 30 years, I forget how old he was, without being able to speak. And then he came to a meeting, and he got prayed for, and God opened his mouth, and he could speak fluent English, and he's been traveling around the world ever since then, bringing this message that Jesus is a healer. God is that kind of God. I've, 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 I wasn't there, but I know people who were at a meeting where a man came who had, he, he actually, his eyes had been destroyed by diseases, by disease, and actually were just basically gone. And he was prayed for, and God grew his eyes back, and he could see. God, there are miracles. Jesus is the God of miracles. He does this. And this, you know, when he was on earth, this stuff was just happening right and left as he encountered people. Because he's the creator, right? He made us out of nothing. He, it's, it's not a big deal for God to restore us. He is, he is fully able to do that. It's wild that when he called his disciples, one of the first things he did was he commissioned them to bring healing to other people. So it wasn't just Jesus. But he said, hey, you go heal the sick. And they went out, and they came back, and they were like, Jesus, like, these people are getting healed. I'm not sure how this is happening, but we just, we're, we're doing what you said, and it's working. Healing comes through Jesus and through his people. When Jesus was um, resurrected, he, he gave this commission to his disciples he, right before he went back to heaven. In, in Mark 16, it says, he told, he told them and he told us, he said, these signs will accompany those who believe. They'll lay their hands on the sick. And they will recover. And so this is, this is, this is the norm. We, one of my favorite verses in passages in the Bible is in Isaiah 65. And it's this prophetic picture of what will happen in the world as the kingdom of God continues to grow. And this is a picture towards the end of, towards the end before Jesus comes back. Before the second coming and the, the great judgment. Um, but it says there's a time coming, Isaiah 65, verse 20, where no more shall there be in, 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 in it. And it's speaking of the, the city of God. 
in Jerusalem. No more there shall be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner, a hundred years old, shall be considered accursed. Wow. So this, as the kingdom of God comes in history, health and healing and human flourishing comes with that. We're told there's a day coming where the average person who's just not even a follower of Jesus, the sinner will live to be 100 years old. And that's going to be normal because God is bringing more and more health and healing. So that's great. Um, but again, we live in this tension, right? Of like, yeah, but our worship leader is not here today because he's sick, right? Like there's, I, man, I had a cold this last week. I'm feeling kind of crummy. I believe in Jesus. Like, like what's going on? We're, we're living in this tension and, and it's, it's, and I don't have all the answers. There's some mystery in this, but there are some specific things that God's word tells us that are hindrances to the health and healing that God wants to bring. And so, Hindrances mean we can address them and help get them out of the way. And so that's what we're going to look at. I want to go through this, this top ten list um, fairly, fairly quickly because there's, there's a lot here. Um, first hindrance. Hindrance number one is sin. Sin. All, there would be no sickness, no disease in the world if it was not for sin. Now, I'm not saying that every time you're sick that that's because of your sin. But what I am saying is that sin is a res- or sickness is a result of sin. It came into the world when the first man and woman sinned. And the fall came and the world was broken. And it opened the door for sickness and disease and calamity of, of all sorts. And so there is a connection between, between sin. And the eradication of sin or the pushing back of sin is connected to healing and health coming. And sometimes, you know, this, this is really more a question for you to ask yourself than for you to ask about someone else. But our sin can create fertile ground for sickness and disease in our own lives. And that is something for us, for us to look at. In Psalm 66, 18 and 19, the psalmist says, If I had cherished iniquity or cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. So our sin, if there's sin in our life, hinders us from God answering our prayers. It's when we acknowledge our sin and turn from it that God hears our prayers and answers. The sin of not only how we act with God, but how we act towards others is a big thing that that affects us. I remember my senior year of high school. I, I went to a small high school. I played basketball. And my brother was a freshman, and he was a really good basketball player. He actually made varsity his freshman year. And one, one week, my grandmother came to visit, and we were, our family was driving to the game. And on the way there, my brother and I got in a big argument, and he was being a twerp like he tended to be. It was all his fault, not mine. But we were just were like, I was really annoyed at him, and we exchanged some words, and there was some tension. And then we went into this game, and... I tell you, I had like the worst basketball game of my life. I just like, I was off. Like things just were not working. I literally remember there was a time where I, I had an open drive to the basket and I went up and the ball like just, I lost the grip on the ball and I, 
I lost control of it, and it literally went like eight inches above my hand. Like a wide open layup, and I just like totally flubbed it, and then I couldn't touch it because it'd be travel, and it was just embarrassing. And after the game, my grandma was like, you know why you played so bad? <laughs> I was like, uh, you know what was going on? Like, there was that, there was that thing with your, you, guys, you and your brother. I was like, you know, I already knew it before she even said something. Like stuff, the sin in our hearts plays out in our lives. Um, in, in 1 Peter, 2 Peter, no, 1 Peter, this is a, one of the scariest verses in the Bible for husbands. Likewise, husbands, live with your lives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman so that your prayers may not be hindered. Wow, there's a lot there. But the way we honor and treat others has a direct effect on how God listens to us and our health and well-being. Definitely not honoring Jesus. We talked about, um, talked about this this summer, but the Bible talks about how even that there is a time, like when we take communion, when we take the Lord's Supper and the cup and the bread that represent Jesus' body and blood, that, well, I'll just read this in, in um, 1 Corinthians 11. Do we have this up here? Don't have it. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. Wow. So there's sickness, weakness, illness, even death as a result of how we come to the Lord and especially with, with communion. Um, but the flip of that is when we address our sins, healing can come. James chapter 5 says, The prayer, in verse 15, The prayer offered in faith will restore the one who's sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So when we get to the root, that root of sin, and confess our sins and come to God, turn from it, there's healing. Confess it to others. There's healing that can come. So top hindrance is sin. Second hindrance, you might not like this, <clears throat> but we got to acknowledge it. Hindrance number two, poor care of our bodies. Wait, what do you mean? I thought this was church. We're not supposed to talk about this. But, no, there's just, like, practical stuff. Like, if we don't take care of our bodies, we're more likely to have physical issues. And this is a spiritual issue, too. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who's within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now, how we handle our body, how we steward our bodies is spiritual. It's not just, it's not like separate, but it's, it's we've been giving our bodies as a temple. As believers, God lives in us, and there's a responsibility to steward our bodies. And, you know, a lot of times we're like, oh, man, what's going on? Like, well, you eat like crap, and you don't exercise, your sleep's not very good. Well, like, no wonder. Like, no one, you know, there's, there's there are natural reasons why there's health stuff going on. And so I was, I was at a pastor's um, summit, a conference in San Diego this, this past week. And I was encouraged because there's a reputation of pastors as being overweight and out of shape and liking the all-you-can-eat buffets. <laughs> but at this conference, it was like, man, these people are fit. 
Like there was a high percent of people that were in good shape, that were obviously stewarding their bodies well. And I was like, all right, these are some, these are some, there, there's something good, something encouraging about that. So anyway, that's something like, man, a lot of, that's a lot of the reason why health is going down in America, right? It's just the, what we're eating, our lifestyle, um, things that are, and also the environment, just pollutants and toxins that are maybe hard to control, but that we, there's important to look at is how is that playing into things. Romans 12.1 says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Wow. How we handle our bodies is, can be presenting our bodies to God as spiritual worship. I know for me, you know, when I was young, like, I wanted to exercise because I wanted to compete, and, you know, honestly, I wanted to look good, and... Honestly, now, that doesn't really motivate me much at all. When I'm, it's not, it's not curls for girls, like that's not like a very high motivating factor for me. That's not going to like make me do anything. But honestly, when I'm like, okay, I haven't exercised yet today. Do I want to do these push-ups that are part of my routine? It, honestly, it's okay, God, this is for you. Like this is, I, I need to present my body to you. I need this. And that's the thing. That, that motivates me to, not that I'm doing a great job, but as much as I am, that's the motivating factor. All right, number three, hindrance number three, mental and emotional dis-ease. I kind of made up that word. I'm not saying like disease, like schizophrenia, or you know, like, but when our, our minds and our emotions are unbalanced and not at peace, Stress, anxiety, depression, all of that is a huge factor in our health and well-being. I read from a, a guy who has a healing ministry. He's seen thousands of people healed. And he says that in his experience, probably 80 to 85% of physical conditions have an emotional root cause behind what's going on. So this is huge. Proverbs 17.22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And Solomon knew he had some wisdom there. That when our spirit is crushed, when we're weighed down with anxiety, stress, dis-ease in our souls, it plays out in our physical bodies, in our health. The body keeps score. But a cheerful heart is good medicine. The life of God and the presence of God and his joy brings, brings life to us. Um, you know, I mentioned my daughter Anna, who's had health issues for the last 10 years or so. Um, and she's had some real breakthroughs in the last several months, but they haven't been fun because it started with she had the realization um, a few months ago that she had actually had a traumatic experience when she, was, when she was four. And we were living in St. Louis. I was working for a big church there. And there was this, like, um, arcade, not arcade, but like an indoor, like, pizza place and place with games and stuff. And tragically, she had actually compartmentalized off this memory because it was so traumatic. But there had been a janitor who had, who had taken her into a closet and molested her more than once. 
and these memories started to come back. And thank God, like even just like getting in touch with it and bringing it out, there's been some real physical breakthroughs that have happened along with that. For example, for a lot of her life, she's lived with this like fight or flight, like being on edge, being like kind of like her body wanting to run. And that has started to go away as she's starting to deal with these, these root causes. Um, she actually had this thing where coming to church was, was difficult. There was like an emotional like resistance to come to church. And she would, but after she started dealing with this, after a couple of weeks, she told me, Dad, you know how I always get these like weird sweats? Like I always sweat really bad on Sunday. I don't get the Sunday sweats anymore. Like I'm coming to church and I don't like have a lot of BO afterwards. Not that you know it was that bad to anybody else. But but she was like, man, it was always this thing, but it's like not happening anymore. It's like, wow, like there was this association, you know, with her that that was because that had happened in a church environment, that there was something that she was reacting to. But as she dealt, began to deal with the, the root issues, healing has been coming in those areas. So it's so important for us to get to the root issues of our, our thoughts, our souls, our emotions, and see God bring healing in those areas. Third John 1-2, the Apostle John is writing, he says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Wow. As it goes well with your soul. That's why it's so important. That's what I mean, the church is all about, is helping us come into a place of health and freedom as we learn to know God and live in relationship with others and healthy friendships, God transforming us on the inside. And that has implications in every aspect of health. Hindrance number four. I like this one. Hindrance to health and healing is not asking. It's pretty simple. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. So there are all these root causes, but man, sometimes we don't experience the healing God wants to bring us just because we don't ask. And so, simple encouragement there. We can come to him, we can ask. But that's connected to the next one, number five, doubt and unbelief. One of the biggest hindrances to us coming to God, to us asking, to us experiencing healing is our doubt and unbelief. James 1, but let him ask in faith, verse 6, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I think all of us can relate to this. I know I can. Like, this, the wrestle with doubt and, oh, I, I'm not sure. But Jesus says, hey, come, ask with faith. If you ask doubting, then you're, you're unstable, you're double-minded, your mind is divided. But come to him with expectancy and hope. Most of us are infected with some level of bad theology where we've you know, maybe been taught, like, well, you know, God healed. Back, Jesus healed when he was on earth, but he doesn't do that anymore. Or, you know, whatever, however that plays out in our thinking. Um, but it's so important that we come to God with expectation and with hope. We don't want to, there's, you know, the mistake's been made to overemphasize faith. To make it like, hey, if you just have enough faith, then everything's better. And if you're not healed, then that means you didn't have enough faith. And, 
you know, hey, well, shame on you kind of thing. And that's, you know, that's very unhealthy. That's very dysfunctional. That's, you know, really when you're on the receiving end of that, that's, that's, not, that's not great. Um, but it's also you don't want to make the mistake of underemphasizing faith. And when we look at the Bible, actually in, in the miracles that Jesus did, in half of them, it was the person's faith that was a key component of the healing that happened. And so it's very important that we're coming to God with expectancy and faith. Here's one example. In, in Matthew 9, there was a, there, when Jesus entered the house, Matthew 9, 28, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. Wow, according to your faith be it done to you. And a lot of times the way this works is God will give you a faith. God will give you a faith for yourself or for someone else that you're just like, man, I, I just, something in me knows that God wants to bring healing in this situation. And in that situation, man, act on that faith. And also, as you, as you marinate your mind in God's word, faith will come, and then you can act on that faith. All right. I want to read this, this quote from Sam Storms. He, um, he wrote an article called Why God Doesn't Always Heal. I, some of these points, I, it was helpful for me in putting this together. But there's a lot of misunderstandings about faith. But um, <clears throat> he says this, Faith points us away from ourselves to him. That's what faith is, looking to him. Faith turns us away from our own power and our own resources to his. Faith says, Lord, I'm nothing, and you are everything. I entrust myself to your care. I cling to you alone. My confidence is in your word and your character, no matter what happens. Faith is the renunciation of one's, ability, one's own ability to do anything, and it's a confession that God can do everything. Faith derives its power not from the spiritual energy of the person who believes, this is important, but from the supernatural efficacy of the person who is believed, God. And so easy, we, try to, we can make it about our faith, but really faith is about putting your trust in him. It's not us, but it's him. It's not faith's act, but it's object that accounts for the miraculous. All right, so good. So faith is simply saying, God, I can't do it, but you can. I'm looking to you. I'm trusting in you. All right, moving on. Number six, a hindrance to health and healing is lack of compassion. So often, when we read the stories of Jesus healing, it says he was moved with compassion. It wasn't like, hey, I want to show off, and I'm so powerful, this, is, this will be cool. But it was, man, this person is stuck in that condition, and I want to see God's goodness come to them. So he was moved with compassion, and he healed from that place. Um, this is maybe not so much for our own life, because we tend to have compassion for ourselves. We Passion bordering on self-pity many times. But... For us to see, to be conduits of healing to others, it's having compassion for the needs around us. Seeing people say, man, God, what do you want to do for them? I want to see your healing come. So often, that's, that's the thing that brings the breakthrough. I love the story in, in the Bible of, there were four friends who had a friend who, who was 
paralyzed. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cared so much about him that they dug a hole in the ceiling of the room he was meeting in, and they dropped him down so, he could be, so that he could come to Jesus. Man, they were motivated. I know for me, you know, it's with my, with my daughters. It's like, man, that's, that's made me understand this more because it's like, man, I want to see, I want to see your grace and mercy come to this. And that's, you know, there's the compassion for others. I, so many times I know people that have seen God use them to heal others. That's, it's not about power, but it's about love. It's about them saying, man, I just, God, give me more of your heart for people. And that's where it happens. So lack of compassion is a hindrance. Another hindrance, number seven, is spiritual forces. There are spiritual forces. There are evil spirits that can be, not always, again, you don't want to make the mistake of always thinking, oh, that's a devil, that's, that's a spiritual thing, but there can be spiritual forces connected to sickness. Let's look at this example in, in Luke 13. Behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years, and she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So he dealt with the spirit of infirmity, and healing came as a result. Sometimes we need to see the spiritual forces that are connected behind sickness. Number eight, compromised care systems. What do you mean by that? Well, it's really great that throughout the history of the church, Christians have been at the forefront of medical care. The modern hospital system, the modern medical system is a direct result of Christians going around the world and caring for the sick, and sometimes miraculously, but very often just by bringing medical care and medical advances to people. And... You know, it's cool. I'm looking, we got a doctor in the room. We got a couple people studying for medical professions. And this is such an important calling to come in to this place. Um, and so, so much good. I mean, we, we live. You know, Gail's story, man. Thank God for the, the medical breakthroughs that are happening. But I think we have to also realize that there are some real areas of corruption and brokenness in the medical system. And if, you know, in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the prophets were always speaking to the authorities and the powers of the day that were supposed to be caring for the people but actually were corrupt and hurt was happening. And sin always brings corruption in places of, of power. And there are a lot of places today where there are just things broken in our medical system. You know, you look at, I mean, the, the medical authorities in our world the American Medical Association, the CDC, the, the NIH, it's all pro-abortion. You know, just think about that. You know, that the medical authorities are in favor of taking the life of infants in their mother's womb. And again, this, this, is, not, this is not to be, you know, there, there, is, there is freedom and there is forgiveness and there is healing where, where sin has happened. But Man, the medical profession has got to be about healing. And that, that should shine a light. The medical establishment has changed their positions about, like, transgenderism. It used to be, well, that's, you know, that's a mental illness. 
There are things that are broken physically and mentally and emotionally. And let's help treat people. But now all the official pronouncements are, oh, no, let's just, let's just affirm this. And we've got to realize there's corruption. There's the, the love of money that affects this. There's, there's big pharma. There's big media. There's big government. There's a lot of places where there's corruption. And part of what we to see um, healing is, is addressing the brokenness. So some of you may be called to go into those areas. And all of us are called to think critically and not just accept what the authorities would say, but measure everything with God's word. We could talk more, a lot more about that. Uh, we'll be doing a worldview class starting in October, so that would be a great place to come to, to talk more about that. Um, number nine, coming down the home stretch. Not wanting it enough. A hindrance to health and healing is not wanting it enough. Now, not usually, but sometimes a person can be stuck in their sickness because, or their chronic condition because they've come to a place of getting comfortable with it and not wanting to be healed. Jesus encountered this in John 5, 6. There was a guy who'd been paralyzed for decades. And Jesus came to him in John 5, 6. And it says, when Jesus saw him lying there, knew that he'd already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Like, wow, you'd assume the guy wants to be healed. But Jesus knew, like he'd kind of gotten comfortable. He kind of, that was his life. There were even some benefits to, to that life. He didn't have to, you know, to care for himself. He could be cared for by others. And when, interesting, his first response, the guy made excuses. Like, oh, well, there's nothing I can do. He didn't really answer the question. Jesus would just say, hey, do you want to be healed? But he, he, he was, had grown comfortable with that. Um, I think for us, it's, that's something to ask for ourselves, but it's definitely something for us to ask about how we care about others. Is do we have a compassion to see healing come to the lives of people around us? Um, you know, like, I've, the people that I know that, and have heard stories of who God has used them powerfully with the gift of healing, oftentimes, they just got fed up with how much sickness and brokenness they were seeing. And they said, you know what, I'm going to start praying for people. And a lot of people, they prayed for one person and nothing happened, and then a second person and nothing happened, and a third person. They've maybe prayed for dozens and dozens, upwards of 100 people, without seeing one healing. But there was just something in there that's like, man, I'm going to, I want this. I need to see this happen. And as they pressed in and pressed in and pressed in, all at once, oh, this person got healed. And then another person got healed. But if they had not had that level of desire to press in, they would have never seen the healings that came about. And so there's a level of, man, how, how bad do we want it? How much do we want to see the healing come about? I know, you know, this was something in my own life with my daughter Amzie. This, a, few, a couple months ago, I felt like God spoke to me and said, hey, I want you to pray for an hour a day. Add an hour a day of prayer for, for Amzi and for others. And I have, it's been revealing how much I love my daughter and how much I love God. Man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm, I'm doing okay at that. But like to add, it's like so many days, it's like, wow, there are other things that take precedence for me in my day-to-day -day life. 
then. But it's like when I do lean, as I'm leaning into that, it's amazing how much, it's like, wow, there's a correlation. As I'm praying, I'm seeing, like, this was a better day. Or, wow, things changed this hour as I was praying. Like, things got better. And so, but it's like really God working in my own life. Like, man, how much are you willing to, to lean into me and my desire for, for other people? All right, number 10. This is probably the most difficult and complex hindrance. But it's God's deeper and better purposes. Sometimes healing doesn't happen because there is something deeper that God is bringing about. There is something better that God's bringing about. And there's a mystery in this, and I don't understand this, and you don't want to, people can oftentimes overemphasize this and just accept all sickness. It's like, oh, it must be God's will. I'm not saying that. But we know from Scripture there are times. You know, Job was the most righteous man on earth. And the Satan came to him and said, hey, came to God and said, hey, if his life was rough, he would curse you. And God said, okay, don't kill him, but you can, you can do everything else. And he lost everything, and he was inflicted with a really intense sickness. And God allowed that. But as you read the story, you see that God was working something deeper. He was working something deeper in Job's character. He was working something deeper in Job's understanding of who God was. He was bringing a story that we could all learn from for thousands of years. And we see this in the, in the life of Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Paul's writing, and he says, To keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations that I'd received, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. So God, please get rid of this. And we don't know for sure if this was a sickness or something. I think it's likely um, but it, it very well could have been. We're not 100% sure. But he's pleading to God, God, would you take this away? But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's something in the place of weakness where God gets our attention in a way that we don't naturally go any other place. There's a way of learning to not rely on ourselves when nothing's working that happens in a place of weakness. There's a play, and, and that can be in a place of, of sickness or physical stuff, condi physical conditions, where God has a purpose. Like, okay, I'm not going to take this away. I will ultimately, you know, for those who are believers, ultimately we're going to have resurrected bodies, new life. That's, that's, that's going to happen. And, you know, maybe it's going to happen in a week, or maybe it's going to happen in a year. I don't know. But at least for right now, there's, there's a... 
the school of God, of, of taking us to a place of walking with him and trusting in him and deepening our character and walking with him when things are hard and him forming character in us that can't happen any other way. And that's a hindrance. That's, that's a different kind of hindrance, but it's a good hindrance. So, you know, I'm trusting that one or two of these are relevant to each of us today. What do we do with that? Well, I think it's important to know that Jesus Christ is the same. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The God who healed those who came to him when he was on earth is the same God today. And he commissions us to bring healing to the world around us. Um, even today, you know, I just, I've had a sense in me, like, man, God, there's just too much sickness going on. There's, there's too much sickness. I, I think you want us to, like, pray more. I think you want us to believe you to see some, some heal, healing happen. And so, after I wrap up here in a minute, we're going to have a chance, if you want healing today, you can just come up front here. And a chance for you know, other people to come up to you. And we'll just have people pray with us and ask God, God, will you, will you bring healing today? And, man, I would love to see, see what happens as we do that. Um, also at our community groups, we got at the Vincent's community group tonight and then Wednesday night at the, at the Partridge's community group. We're going to be talking more about this. There will be a chance for, for prayer and healing there. So that's a great opportunity as well. Um, you know, maybe today you need to, you're like realizing, hey, I need to repent. There's some sin in my life. I need to turn away from that sin and turn to Jesus and his work on the cross to forgive my sin and give me a new start and heal me. Um, that's, if that's you, then do that. Maybe you need to look at examining your personal stewardship of your body. And, okay, God, how are there, where do you want me to grow and how I'm, I'm stewarding my body? Maybe God's calling you to invest in your emotional healing. And whether just spiritually or with friends or whatever that looks like, finding, finding greater emotional healing in the stuff that's going on. I think God's probably calling all of us to be ready to pray for others, to look to bring healing to people around us. Maybe God's calling you to stand up against, uh, or to, first of all, to learn to critically critique the messages and from, from the various authorities in our culture the health authorities and the media and the government, to go, okay, wait, how do I evaluate that with wisdom and by God's word? Or to stand up to things that are unjust. Um, you know, maybe God's calling you to just really trust him in the place where you haven't experienced healing yet and let him bring a deep work about in you. So, um, yeah. Let me just, oh, I'm going to pray for us. Okay, let's, let's pray together. King Jesus, I invite you in right now to this space in our lives, this space in this room, and today. God, I, I'm asking that you would, you would bring greater health and healing into our lives and greater health and healing into Manhattan. So God, I pray even today, Lord, that you would touch bodies, you would touch hearts, you would do a work of converting things from the way they are to what only you can bring about. Lord, we're asking you that you would, you would do that. You would bring healing, you would bring your power and grace. 
Lord, in all these different ways. Bring your kingdom. Bring your grace. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.